This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with an, another phenomenal podcast for you today. Thank you, everybody across the all over the world that are watching us live. Thank you very, very much. And those of you that are watching us on are listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, everybody. I cannot thank you all enough. I appreciate everybody that watches us every day. And uh, I just want to say thank you again. It's incredible. And yesterday's show, my gosh, we got a lot of people calling in and t- texting in and wanting to know more about that windmill debacle that is happening up in Central California off of Morro Bay. If you didn't listen to the show or watch the show yesterday, you might want to go check that out because we definitely woke up a sleeping giant. And uh, there's a lot of people that are really pissed that they didn't know this was going on. So check out the show from yesterday if you want to know about it. But today we're talking about tuna fishing, fishing for that bluefin and that yellowfin that's offshore. And what's the most essential things that you got to have. And, uh, I think the most important thing we need to talk about is conditions and conditions are super important. You guys have heard about conditions. You go out on the sport boats, you watch, you watch shows, you watch fishing shows, you watch uh, YouTube channels, you watch people. They're constantly talking about conditions, conditions, conditions are just right. Conditions are perfect. Conditions suck. All the things Conditions is what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to get deep into the conditions thing and what it all means and what it all stands for. And uh, hopefully you have a better understanding after this show today about conditions. Now there's Marley up there above my head. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, try to think of this. I have a brand new gaff that I have hanging on Marley's cage. That's a brand new gaff. We're going to talk about it. That's from Promar. But thing about Marley is, man, you put something in his cage, that something on his house that hasn't been there. And he's very, very curious. He spent a little bit of time there right before we went live trying to figure out what this gaff's doing hanging on the edge of his house. He's kind of, there he is. He's scooching up to it again. He just can't figure out what that, why is there a gaff on my house, dad? And what is a gaff? And I don't understand it, but he's checking out that gaff hook. And uh, this is the new... Small, these are little short gaffs for your skiff. These things are incredible. Marley, I know we're going to talk about it in a little while, buddy. So you just take care and watch that gaff right there and don't 
Don't mess it up. We're having a contest, and it has a lot to do with that gaff. So Marley's very interested in that. He goes right back to it. See, he's checking it out. He's gonna go. I'm going in my house to look at the gaff, Dad. All right, gang. So let's get let's get down to it. Let's start talking about conditions and what are conditions. What do they mean, Captain Dave? And why does the captain always talk about it on the PA when he's telling us about where we're going and what we're doing and conditions better be right or we're not going to stay in that zone and all this stuff? Well, here's the thing. Air conditioning is a big one, Brian, and we got it cranked up here today. It's about 95 degrees here in Cabo with probably 80% humidity. It's pretty fun. But uh, that's the price of living in in this beautiful country with no crime. But let's talk about this condition thing. So the number one thing we're looking for with conditions is water temperature and water clarity and current breaks. Those are all things that are super important when we're trying to put together a plan when we're gonna take you fishing or when you're gonna go fishing on your private boat. These are the condition types of things that you're looking for. Water clarity, water temperature, current breaks, those are all very important, and you can get a good look at those on like Fish Dope or, or uh, Terrafin. There's companies that show you pictures of the chlorophyll. There's just so many avenues now for us to get a good satellite imaging of the ocean, which is super important when we're trying to put together a decent trip. But with all that being said, there's still time where you're going to go out there and you're going to get out there and the conditions are going to have changed since that last satellite picture because currents are moving the water around all the time and the water temperature is moving around with the currents. And there's spots out there in the ocean where it looks like a river. You'll be blown away the way the water moves. And when you look at ocean imaging, that, that uh, satellite mapping of the ocean is incredible because you can see the little rivers that are flowing of the ocean inside the it's hard to imagine, but there's little rivers of water flowing inside the water of the ocean. There's also parts where the water's a little bit higher than the other parts of the ocean. It's just the weirdest thing you've ever seen. And until you've seen a good satellite imaging of the ocean, you wouldn't really know what the heck I'm talking about. It doesn't make any sense. So that being said, that goes right along the lines of this ocean. Sorry, the light just kind of went up. There. That's kind of the deal with this ocean imaging, the conditions, the water temperature. There's so much stuff to look at and so much stuff to pay attention to that um, it's super important to understand what we're talking about when we're talking about conditions. And we get out there and we go and we get out there and the water is totally different and the, the water is not what it said on the satellite. Then we have to try to go figure out where we can find the right conditions. Conditions are so important for fishing. Conditions, water movement, all the different things that I'm talking about are so important to getting that fish to bite your line, to bite your bait. What they were up against yesterday was there is a phenomenal amount of bluefin out there. A lot of boats saw a lot of bluefin, but there was no wind at all. There like Jimmy Decker likes to say, there was uh, there was no disturbance on the water. What is he? Oh, man, I had the word and I forgot. It. But there, the water, there has to be some type of 
wind blowing to get those fish to feel more comfortable about eating your bait. Plus, you need that wind to be blowing to get your kite out over to get your bait out over the top of the the fish. All that stuff is conditions, 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 conditions. I know you guys get sick of hearing about conditions, but today we're going to try to explain to you what it all means so you'll have a better understanding of what this conditions thing is. So that's what we're trying to do today is trying to explain to you the difference in conditions and how important they are. And back to what we were talking about, contrast on the water. When there's a little bit of contrast on the water, that means there's a little bit of water movement from the wind. It's going to make the fish feel safer because they think that they're under cover. They're in, so that's why they have a tendency to bite a little bit better when it's windy. And we found something with this bluefin fishing it every day back in 2015, 16, 17, 18. The rougher it is, the better it bites. But you can't really have that when you're on a smaller boat like most of our members that we talk to every day. Most of our members are on boats smaller than 50 feet. So as the ocean starts to get rough, it's almost impossible to be out there on your smaller boats. But on your big Vikings and your big Hatteras and your big Cabos with the Sea Keepers and everything, you can fish in that horrid weather and you can get your kite out. And if the tuna is going to bite much better when you have that contrast on the water. When you have that movement on top of the water and that goes back into conditions. That's a condition. Yesterday, the conditions were perfect for traveling, but they were tough for fishing because it was greasy flat. So that bluefin had a tendency to not want to bite. Put on a hell of a show, though. A lot of people sent me a lot of really good video about how cool it was to see these fish up on the surface feeding or spawning or whatever they were doing yesterday. I don't think they were feeding. I think it was more of a spawning type of a day for them. There was a lot of fish out there rubbing against each other and stuff that you can, and it probably happens every single day. Well, we know it does. It happens every single day, but you can't really see it when the water's all turbulent, when there's a lot of contrast on the water, when there's a lot of wind on the surface of the water. You don't see all the cool things you saw yesterday with that flat, glassy, calm ocean. But that flat, glassy, calm motion is going to have a tendency to not let the fish bite because they don't feel like they're under under a blanket or they're under cover where they can cruise around and eat freely. They're scared that they're going to be seen by a bird. Remember, we talk about this a lot when we talk about our tides, when we do our tide shows. And over on the website at YourSaltWaterGuide.com, we talk about tides a lot and we talk about how you got to understand that all the fish in the ocean don't understand that they're big. They all still think they're little. That's why they swim in schools and groups for that safety. Same thing when it's flat, glassy, calm. They're scared a bird's going to eat them. Even though they're 300 pounds, they don't know they're 300 pounds. They're just a dumb fish. They're scared that something's going to eat them. So they're not going to have that tendency to feel that comfortable on the surface of the water feeding. But then any of you that have ever spawned, you know what I mean. When you're spawning, you don't care about nothing. But you're not eating, but you're spawning. So I think that's what the fish were doing yesterday. They're up on the surface spawning. Now, I know there's some people that are watching that don't know what I'm talking about, about spawning. I understand, Mike Lewis. It's okay. 
I got people that will explain to you what this spawning thing means. But when, you, when you're spawning, you lose all sense of consciousness. You go right up to the surface of the water and you'll spawn right on the top and you don't care if it's flat, calm, or if it's rough. But they're not having it. They're not feeding, per se, when they're up there. They're rolling around on the top and they're not feeding. They're just spawning. But that's all conditions, conditions, conditions. Now, when you get a little bit of wind chop on the water, all of a sudden now you can get your kite out there over the top. You can throw your popper out there. You can fly line a bait. Those of you that have been catching this bluefin really consistently, you're going to tell all your friends and everybody, it was windy. It was white captain or there was a small wind chop on the water. Very, very, not very, very often are you going to catch that bluefin when it's flat calm. The yellowfin, absolutely. They like the calm weather. Albacore, they don't care. They like it. But, you know, those of us that used to catch albacore know it's always rough when we're albacore fishing. It's not very often that it's calm. <laughs> yeah, Josh is not thinking about food very often when he's spawning either. That's a good one. But, gang, when that fish is up there on the surface rolling around, but it doesn't look like it's feeding, it's probably spawning. You have to understand it. You have to start to connect the dots and understand what is going on out there on the water and maybe it's time to drag the mad max around at 15 knots and see if you can make them bite see if you can cause a cause a reaction bite and that's kind of cool if you can cause a reaction bite but you have to be able to read all this i got people that are telling me yeah i couldn't get my kite out over and we tried for like two hours okay oh thank you darren cool thank you woohoo in Cooperstown at the at the Hall of Fame. Cool, that's rad. I would love to go there someday. But listen, that condition is super important. And if you're out there and if it's greasy flat and you're trying to get your kite up, gang, you're blowing it. You're not going to get it up. You're not going to get it out there. You're not going to get it over. Corey, you've caught a few fish on the kite. It's tough to catch them on the kite when the wind's not blowing, right? You, you and Tim aren't very successful when there's not a little bit of breeze. You got to have a little bit of breeze. You got to be able to get that kite out away from your boat and out off, off the side of the boat so it can get out there to where that fish is. Plus, hey, Ryan, stop eating your boogers. Plus, those fish don't have a tendency to want to eat when it's not a little bit breezy. If there's not a little te texture, that's the word I've been looking for. Texture. No wind, no kite. Absolutely. I heard guys telling me yesterday, yeah, we tried to get that kite out for an hour, hour and a half. We burned up all our helium. There was no breeze out on the water yesterday, gang. So you were blowing it. If you watch our kite video, webwaterguide.com and you watch our kite video, you will see we talk about the wind a lot. But if you're out there and there's no breeze at all, you got to drag the Mad Mac around. You got you to gotta invent stuff. You got to fish fly line baits. You got to move. You got to run. You got to gun. You got to look for that school of fish that isn't up on the surface spawning. They're actually feeding. You got to look around. Once you find those schools, though, mark it on your GPS that there's a bunch of fish in that zone. And then spin off and go look. And then when that wind starts to blow a little bit, pull back into that zone. That's how Tim and Corey approach it all the time. They'll, 
they'll get out there and they'll find a zone where there's a bunch of fish. Then they'll split from that zone because there's no condition. This is what the show's about today. It's all about conditions. And it's the wind is a condition that is super necessary to get those bluefin to get stupid. They're not going to get stupid when it's flat, glass, and calm because they're not feeling confident that they can actually come up to the surface and feed. So when it gets flat, glassy, calm, that's when you got to start to move around and do different things. But when you're seeing fish in those zones, make sure you mark your GPS and then come back into those zones in the afternoon when the wind's starting to blow a little bit. And all of a sudden you're like, they're eating the kite. They're eating the flying fish underneath the kite. Yeah, because there's condition. The condition matters. When it's flat, glassy, calm, that's a great time to go look for kelp patties. That's a great time to get off get off of that bluefin, go look for some yellowfin that might be cruising around, go find a pot of dolphins, change it up a little bit. But remember that you can come back into that zone later in the day. 90% of the time, that bluefin doesn't leave the zone. I remember many, many days where we'd get out there before we kind of figured out the pattern. We'd get out there to look for that bluefin early in the morning and we'd mark it early in the morning. And then we couldn't get it to bite. I'd peel off and then I'd come back late in the afternoon and the stuff would be biting wide open because we had a little bit of wind, but it didn't move. It didn't move from that zone. It stayed in that little area. And I would try to explain it to you as remember when we were young and we would ride our bikes around, around the neighborhood at night or in the late afternoon and summertime and it's hot. And then you'd be riding your bike and then you'd hit that little pocket of cooler air. And you'd be like, ooh, that felt good. I think that's kind of what the fish are doing. They're cruising around. They find that little pocket of water that just feels right for them. And then they kind of hang out in there because the bait's in there too. Because the bait did the same thing. It was swimming around and it found that area where that water felt just right. Everybody's hanging out in that little piece of water that felt right. They're not really going to move much. Maybe that water will move around a little bit during the day. But it's not going to move around a lot. And you're going to be able to relocate that area. So it's about learning how to read the conditions and everything is your boat is a condition. The gear you brought to condition, the line you have is a condition. Your binoculars are a huge condition. If you don't have gyro stabilizing binoculars, if your binoculars didn't cost three grand or more, that's a huge condition. That's a giant factor in locating fish. It is. And the lower denomination, your binoculars cost, the more tendency you're going to have to only use them to look for boats. Because when you get out of the gyro stabilizing binoculars and you get into the stabilized binoculars or you get into just normal field glasses, it's hard to spend hours staring at the water, looking back and forth. So you're going to have a tendency to focus on uh, looking over there at, at instant, seeing Tim and Corey and seeing what they're doing. And then you're going to spin around over here and you're going to look at the Royal Polaris. You're going to see what he's doing. Then you're going to spin over here and you're going to see the American angler and see what he's doing. And you're not going to be looking for fish so much because it's hard looking through those lower end price binoculars. So that's a condition. There's so much stuff that comes into this world of conditions. And we're going to talk about it a lot more. We got a lot more of the show to talk about this, but real quick, I just needed to show you one thing about these, uh, this uh, gaff that's hanging up back here. Check this thing out. 
hanging out on Marley's cage. Now I'm going to take the gap for a minute, Marley. So this gaff gang right here, made by Promar, this is the perfect gaff for those of you with the smaller boats like Kelly and I's Wellcraft. It's a perfect little four-foot gaff that's our three-and-a-half-foot gaff that's perfect for fishing in Southern California. This thing floats, which is a huge... I don't know if you've ever dropped a gaff over the side, but I have. This gaff floats. This gaff's ready to go. The size of the hook on this gaff, and it's, oh my gosh, it's so sharp. I got to keep it covered up because Marley wants to keep playing with it. But the hook is super sharp. The gaff is super lightweight, easy to hold. You want to check out these, and I'll tell you what, the first five people that buy one of these gaffs, go any gaff at Promark, hit that QR code. Those of you on TikTok or Instagram, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, you go to the Promar Ahi USA, promarahi.com website, buy a gaff, put in the code YSWG. The first five people are going to get a free pass to go fishing out of Dana Wharf Sport Fishing. Send your friends, family, whoever you want. If you don't want them on your boat, I understand. But go to the website, buy a gaff. The first five people that buy a gaff are going to get a free fishing trip out of Dana Wharf Sport Fishing on one of the sport boats there. Half day or three quarter day, five people. First five people that buy this gaff are any one of the gaffs that Promar has to offer, check out promarahi.com or enter through the QR code. When you're done shopping, if you didn't go through the QR code, make sure you put in YSWG on the code. That's the only way I'm going to know that you are part of the deal. That's the only way I'm going to know. First five, get free fishing trips out of Dana or Sport Fishing on three-quarter day or half day. The first five, but you got to make sure that you put in the code or you enter through the QR code, go to promarahi.com, get a gaff. Get a, you got to have a gaff anyway. If you don't have a gaff on your boat, <laughs> this is a good one. I was talking to a guy yesterday because you know me, I talked to all my members and with 4,000 members, you can only imagine my phone rings nonstop off the hook. I'm pulling down the QR code. If you didn't get it, you better grab it now. Grab it, grab it, grab it. It's going it's going. Grab the QR code. It's free to grab the QR code. You win a free fishing trip. Goodbye, QR code. All right. Guy called me up, and we were talking about his boat and things he needed to have. And he goes, well, here's how it all started. The guy said he went fishing with his kids at Catalina, and they took a half a scoop of bait. I was like, you got to call me. I got I to gotta find out the logic behind this. Because you've already told everybody you're planning on not catching anything because you took a half a scoop of bait. Kelly, girl, and I aren't even leaving. We're, we're not even going out fishing if you only have a half a scoop of bait on the boat. We're staying home. We don't, we're not interested in not catching. That's not part of the deal. And then we got into talking about it. And he was just going to go over there and have, catch a couple of fish and then spend the day on the island. And I was like, okay, well, it still doesn't make any sense. I'm not leaving the dock without as much bait as I can possibly put in my bait tank because you never know what you're going to find going to or from or wherever you're going fishing for. So you want to make sure you put every bit of bait you can possibly put in your tank. But then we were talking in it and he was telling me that he they brought up to the side of the boat a very large halibut. He said it was probably 20 pounds, but he didn't have a gap. So if you don't have a gaff, you only took a half a scoop of bait, you're planning on not being successful when you go. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. 
and he was a member of my website. So right away, you know you're going to be successful because you're fishing the right way because you watched all the bitching videos and you're going to fish the right way. And lo and behold, he was successful and they fished till every one of those baits was gone and they caught a fish on every one of those baits. And then they lost that big halibut because they didn't have a gaff. And they, the net that they got, they got that Promar, uh, ProMesh series net that I talk about all the time because they didn't want to get a ticket. They had the net, but they still had it in their package. Things like this happen all the time. Don't I, They couldn't get it out of the package in time and they didn't have a gaff. And those are just things. That's a condition. Oh my gosh, we're right back to the conditions. That's a condition, gang. There's so many things that are considered conditions. So the moral of the story is if you're going to put your line in the water, you better be ready for success, gang, because you are you listen to my show every day. You're a member of our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. So you already are doing all the right things. The minute, I don't care if you're just pulling off a little bit of line with a bait on the end of it to see what's going on. Well, you parked on the right spot, so you you, you already know that there's a really good chance you're going to get a bite. I never, ever think when I cast my line out that it's not going to get a bite. I'm ready the moment it cast out. My gaff is ready. My gaff's right here hanging on the side of the boat where I can turn around and grab it and gaff the fish. It's ready to go. This nice little Promar skiff gaff. This thing's rad. It's so bitching. And it's ready to go. My net is always ready to go when I'm out fishing because it's ready. Because I want to make sure that I'm prepared. I always make sure I have fillet bags on the boat. And you want to make sure that you're ready too. And then that's all part of the conditions. Now you're offshore fishing. And uh, you're, you're looking and you get out into the zone where you think you're supposed to fish. And you look at your water temperature. And lo and behold, the water's four or five degrees Colder than you than it looked like it was on the terrafin or chlorof or uh, fish dopes chart, and you're like, huh, the water's different. Well, you better have a couple of other ideas of where to head. You better have another couple ideas of which way to go, so that you can go find that warm water because that water is a condition too. But it might just be a mile outside of you, or a mile inside of you, or a mile to your west, or a mile to your east. You want to go look around and see if you can find that water temperature and where the water starts to climb up from. Let's just for fun. Let's say we're out there and the water's 63. And then all of a sudden we find 64, 65, 66. So that's a three degree temperature change. You want to know where it started to creep up. There's nowadays on your uh on a lot of the water temperature gauges, there's an alarm on there that you can set so that when it fluctuates up a degree or two, you know, and then you mark that on your GPS, and that's what we call an edge. But it could be a seven-tenths. It could be a half a degree edge. It's definite. Wherever that water temperature changes, that's an edge, and that fish can be swimming on the edge, and that's another condition. The temperature breaks are a condition that need to be understood and then utilized. Once you figure out where that temperature break is and you have your GPS, and remember if you watched our videos before, and I, I don't know, a year and a year and a half ago on this podcast, we talked about 
how to better catch fish using your GPS. Well, this falls right back into that because now what we're able to do is we have our track line on and we started to see where the water started to creep up a degree or two or even a half a degree. We mark it right away. Let's say we're just cruising along at 63, 63, then it's 63 and a half mark, 64 mark, 65, 66 mark, mark. Because you're watching it and that's like an edge. That's like a wall right there. And if you start to look and then you turn and you drive back in on it and then you can watch it fall off and then you get to another and then you start to mark your GPS. And then at the end of the day, you got to erase all that because tomorrow's a whole different day. And God took the Etch-A-Sketch, if you remember what Etch-A-Sketch, you took it and you shook it upside down anyway. But it's important to clear off all that stuff that you're using. I like to use different color lines when I'm doing that, when I'm trying to pinpoint the water temperature and the way it all is. And if you look at your GPS and you get deep into it, you got different ways to mark different things with different color lines, different dots, different fish marks. We have all kinds of different things we can do on our GPS. What I like to do is I like to make sure that I'm mapping that ocean when I haven't located the fish yet, but I'm driving around in the zone trying to figure things out. That edge of that water is a giant condition that matters more than most of you understand. Because most of you are just out there driving around. If you're not a member of your saltwater guide, you're probably going to where the sport boats are or where they were yesterday. You're kind of getting your information that way. You're getting information from a couple days ago. And you don't really know how to hunt. And you don't really know what you're looking for when you get out there. You just know that if you drive to where all the big boats are with all the people standing on them, there's got to be some fish around there because they wouldn't be there if there wasn't. Gang, that's the worst way you can approach this thing because... There's so much other stuff that you should be learning when you're out there driving around that are all condition based. That water temperature is a huge condition. Now you're also going to have your fish finder set, your fedometer on your private boat or on, let's say your boat up to 50, 60 feet. You don't have a giant bait tank, but you have enough bait that you can actually bring some of the fish up. You're going to keep an eye out from the zero on your fish finder, the surface is zero on your fish finder. And the deepest you want to look is like 300 feet. You're not really too concerned about anything below that. But if you're marking fish at 250 feet and, you mark, and you're marking them there, I marked the GPS. Boom, I found fish right here. Drive around a little bit, found some fish right here, found some fish right here. As that fish starts to move up the water column, once it gets up to 100 feet, that same school of fish that I found at 250, I can come back in that zone an hour later and look, and they're going to be there, but they're going to be up in that 100-foot zone. Then I'm going to start to throw my kite out, start to fish for that fish. I personally am not a big put a sinker on and drop a bait down 250 feet to hook a 300-pound bluefin. That just That doesn't even sound fun to me. That just sounds like way too much work. It's hard enough to reel them in when they eat the bait on the surface. I can't imagine letting out 400 feet of line and hooking one down there and then winding that. That doesn't even sound like fun. There's nothing, no part of that that sounds like fun. People always go, hey, Dave, you're going to drop a bait down 250? No, I'm not. I personally am not. Now, I know you will because you're a real, you're a real kill, fish killer. You want to do that. I have zero desire to do that. I like to catch them when they're up on the surface. 
I like to catch tuna on the fly line bait. I like to catch tuna underneath the kite on the 400 pound fluorocarbon connected to my 200 pound braid connected to my 130 with 40 pounds of drag. And I like to catch them that way. And I'm not much into standing at the rail fighting them. That's just not me though. But every one of us is different. If you're marking fish at 250 feet and you're marking it consistently over and over again as you drive around back and forth across those marks, yeah, shut the boat down, put on a sinker and drop your bait down there and hook a 300 or 200 pound fish down 250 feet and have fun and enjoy it. If that's what you're into, I can only talk about what I like. I'm going to mark that fish down there. And I'm going to mark it on my GPS and I'm going to cruise around until I find fish that are higher up. Or I'm going to come back into that zone an hour later and find that fish again when it's moved up the water column. And then I'm going to get all excited and I'm going to look and I'm going to hope that the wind's blowing. And then I'm going to put my kite up and I'm going to put my dead flying fish underneath the kite. And if the wind's blowing really good and the fish are really high, then I'm going to start skipping my rubber flying fish. I'm going to start skipping my yummy flyer because I can put a lot more fish on the boat a lot faster if I'm skipping my yummy than I am dead boating. Plus I can cover some more area and there's a lot of fish in that hundred, that 50 to a hundred foot depth. They're right in that zone. They'll easily eat that skipped flying fish as you're dragging it around, skipping it because people all the time ask me, Hey Cap Dave, should we put a sinker on when the fish are down there at 90 feet? I'm like, no. All those fish at 90 feet, you know what they're doing? They're all swimming with looking up. They're all looking up. They're up in that 90-foot zone or the 100-foot zone because they're getting ready to feed on the surface because the tide's getting ready to go slack. They know that everything's going to float. They're going to float. All the bait are going to float. So everybody's swimming around looking up. You drop a sinker down that goes flying by them, they're like, hey, Joe, what was that? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for something up on the surface and they keep swimming around. I don't think it's imperative once it gets above 100 feet that you put on a sinker. I think it's super important to make sure that you're fishing in that upper water zone when that fish is in there. Because when that, what I learned over the few years of fishing for a living, like 48, is when they're in that zone from 100 to the surface, that's when they're in the feeding mode. That's when they want to come to the surface and eat. That's when we're going to start to present our stuff on the surface so they can see it and they can eat it. So that is another condition. You found some fish. Now you got to try to figure out the condition that's going to cause them to bite. All this stuff we talk about, gang, everything we talk about on the podcast, everything we talk about every day is available to you at my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. And uh, it's so easy to grab that information and go there. I had a great, I had a wonderful report come through the community section two days ago. A young lady and her husband wanted everyone to know that they bought a boat last year and they were, and we're going to post this one because this testimonial is perfect. She said that uh, they bought a boat less than a year ago. They went out, they, they found out how hard it was. They tried to go decipher information through YouTube where you get bits and pieces and most of the people are t talking to you way over your head using big giant words that most of us have never heard of. And then they were like, 
Then we found your saltwater guide and we signed up for the, and it changed our lives. And now we know there's fish in the water. And now we have confidence when we go fishing and we have a chance to actually catch stuff when we go. That kind of stuff just makes my heart swell up, makes me feel really good. I just think it's incredible that most people that actually utilize the website actually catch fish. I think that's incredible. I'm so stoked that I'm able to give this service to everybody. Grab that QR code, guys, and go make sure that you're part of the website. It's the greatest fishing community ever built. I don't care if you're an expert fisherman or if you're just getting started. How cool is it to have a camaraderie of people that fish all the time that are willing to share what they're doing and talk and chat with each other? You can't get that on any social media platform because you're going to get bombarded by a bunch of haters and a bunch of losers. Over on our website at Your Saltwater Guide, the community section set up just for us, just for it's a place to blog, to vlog and post what you want to talk about and what you want to learn about and all the cool things that are going on when they're out fishing. It's a really bitching community that we built over at Your Saltwater Guide. So go check it out, gang. I think you'll be very, very happy and very, very satisfied with the website and the format. And then I kicked it up to a whole different level in March. I launched my app, Your Saltwater Guide, the app. The app is super clean. All the people that I that are high tech people that are very into the tech world have got on there, fishermen, and they're like, dude, you went first class all the way. Yes, I did. I'm built because of my buddy Elliot. I built the very best fishing app that you could possibly have. We cover everything you need when you go out on the water. You can download the spots, you can download the game plans, you can download the how to videos, and you can have them with you on your phone when you're out there in the ocean fishing. How rad is that? Plus, you can access the community all day while you're out there fishing, and you all can chat with each other while you're on the water. How bitching is that? That doesn't happen every day. There's nothing like that out there. So check it out, man. Check it out, everybody. Go check out my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Gang, on the screen right now in the top right corner, there's a QR code there. People were asking, we don't know how to use the stars. We don't know how to use the tips. We don't know how to use the badges. Gang, if you want to throw Kelly and I a little... A little tip, if you want to help feed Marley, my rescue monkey, if you want to help, here, Marley, come here. You want to feed Marley, my rescue monkey? Huh? Look at him. Isn't he cool? You want to get him, buy him some bananas? Grab that QR code right there on the top right-hand corner. That's my Venmo account. Marley's a rescue monkey. We saved him from a family down here. We also have two rescue cats. We also do this show every day. Grab the QR code right there in the top right-hand corner, gang. Go to our Venmo. Send us a tip. Let us know that you appreciate the show. Let us know. We'll keep doing this as long as you guys keep watching. And then now this new thing to leave us some tips. How rad is that? There you are, Marley. Somebody's falling in love with you, you little cutie, right now. They're going to send you. They're going to send you a tip, buddy. I promise. All right, that's Marley, our rescue monkey. We've got to check out the gap up there, make sure everything's safe. There he is. He's checking out the gap. So I just wanted to throw that out there, gang. And don't forget, we got our flags. Our flags are available, finally. I know you guys saw us announce it yesterday on the show. Our flags are finally available. My good buddy, John Stanley, picked them up for me. 
These flags are incredible. I want you all to be flying one of these flags when, when you're out there fishing. I think it'd be so cool for all the members to fly this flag. Corey, tell Kim, you guys got to get a flag and I want you to fly it when you're driving around Brandon Hayward out there. Okay, check that out. Everybody needs one of those flags on their boat. Those of you on TikTok, you can't see it. Spotify, Megaphone, you guys can't see it, but you can grab it and uh, that flag's ready to go. Check it out. You're going to have one of those flying. You can Venmo me or you can call me at 949-374-0786. We'll get you one of those flags. You want to have them flying on your boat? So cool. It's going to be bitching when you pull up to a spot where the fish are biting and you see another one of those flags and you know that it's a couple of guys working together as a team and you can pull in there and say, hey, 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 look at We got the flag too. We're buddies. We're working together. We'll never cause any damage to each other when we're out there fishing. They're just fish. We can share if we have the proper etiquette. If you watched any of the etiquette videos on my website, you know the proper way to approach each other. You know all the proper ways to do everything. So it's only going to help the industry. It's only going to help all of all 4,000 plus members of your saltwater guide to fly that flag so we all know who we are, each other is. And uh, you'll see the difference between the booger eaters that don't have the flags and the people that have the flags, just straight etiquette. Somebody asked me if we could talk about etiquette on one of the shows. I have a whole series about etiquette on the website. What I can promise you, gang, is the people that need to learn etiquette, they aren't watching this show. They aren't, they aren't following me. They're not listening to me because they're the ones that are out there fishing for boats every day. They're out there constantly looking for boats and fishing for boats. We're not going to be able to change what they do. The flags cost me $28.50 to make. I'm selling them for 30 bucks, Grant. So we'll get you taken care of. We'll get you all set up. Just let me know. And where am I located? I'm located in Cabo San Lucas, but we run everything out of Southern California. And our fishing, all of our fishing stuff is anywhere. Anywhere that you fish, our stuff is act, is applicable. Yeah, look at that big word for Captain Dave. It's all applicable. Anywhere there's a fish. Remember, fish are stupid. Most people try to... Most people try to overthink this fishing thing. Most people try to overthink this fishing thing. The smartest fish in the ocean is dumber than the smartest mouse. You got to understand that. Gang, you don't want to take your 21-foot boat out there behind San Clemente Island. I know your sister's brother and you did it once and you caught a fish. Gang, you're blowing it. That's so lame. I know you did it and you got back safe and you didn't die, but that's lame and that's a condition and your little boat's a condition and you, you don't want to go out there. I know you did it. I know. And you got so lucky. You really did. You got super lucky. Cause that water behind Clemente. Oh my gosh. It gets so gnarly so fast. You get that current going uphill and that wind coming from the Northwest. That sea stacks up so big, you're going to die one day on a 21-foot boat. You don't want to do that. You got to be super careful when you're out there. 
You don't want something bad to happen because you decided that today was the day you wanted to go out there and catch a bluefin on your 21-foot boat out behind San Clemente Island. So be very, very careful. Yeah, Calico Bass is my logo. Calico Bass on my shirt. Calico Bass on my website. Calico Bass everywhere. The logo on the back of the shirt. Calico Bass, Calico Bass. Calico Bass, my very most favorite fish to catch. That's the fish that lives in Southern California. That's the number one fish. If you want to go fishing, like I say all the time to all my members, the best thing that could happen to all of us is that bluefin left. Yeah. Then we wouldn't have to be spending thousands of dollars on fuel every day to go catch this stupid fish that sucks to eat. And we could go back to catching bass, barracuda, bonita, and yellowtail like we're supposed to in Southern California. And then in the end of July, August, September, we can catch the Dorado and yellowfin that show up. But this bluefin, oh my gosh, the amount of money we've all spent trying to catch this bluefin, buying the kite, buying the helium tank, buying the kite rod, the heavy rod, the da 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 da, the big reels, the big rods, da 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 da, the knife jigs, the slow pitch carnata jigs, the all the different things that we've had to buy over the last seven or eight years because of this stupid bluefin. Think if we had all that money and we could just go fish Catalina or Clemente or the Coronados. Holy moly guacamole. How rad would that be? And one thing I know that's always there is the calico bass. They're always there. And you're always fishing in a really cool spot in a beautiful little cove or on a kelp bed or on some rock piles. And, uh, they're phenomenal to eat. They're super fun to catch if you know how to fish. If you don't know how to fish, calico bass sucks. I understand that. Or if you don't like to fish, calico bass sucks. I can always tell the guys that like to fish first thing when I'm talking to them on the phone. Yeah, we only like to catch tuna. I'm like, where do you live? Oh, we live in, uh, in Vista. And I'm like, Wow, so you only fish about two days a year or maybe four days a year or something? No, what do you mean, Kevin, dude? We fish all the time. But you only like to catch tuna, and tuna don't show up in Southern California all the time. We've been blessed, but they're not always here, so you're not really fishing that often, and you don't really enjoy fishing because you don't like to fish for the fish that live in Southern California. I'm sorry. Get off on a tangent. It just blows my mind that there's so much stuff to catch here, and most people don't. Like to fish for the fish that live here. Everyone wants a big giant bluefin. I want a big bluefin. I want the big blue. I need the big blue. Wow. Okay. All right. Go get your big blue. Go spend your thousand dollars on fuel tomorrow to go get your big blue. Woo! I'll go to Catalina and catch a fish every time I throw my line in the water and be happy as a pig and poo. That's just what I'm saying. That's just what I'm saying. It's just really fun. And also what's going on at the horseshoe right now, up there on the horseshoe. This is, this is we haven't seen this in a very, very long time. Bass and barracuda biting, really, really biting. That's pretty fun. Bass and barracuda biting, that's fun. If you haven't had a chance to go fish that barracuda on the surface iron, it is a blast catching barracuda on the iron. And the sport fishing industry in California in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it was built behind the barracuda fishing. You go listen to my uh, interviews with the legends of sport fishing on my website. 
and also on my YouTube channel, your saltwater guide, you'll see some of these guys that fish for a living for 50, 60, 70 years that talk about they all started out fishing that barracuda. A lot of guys fished it commercially. People love to eat barracuda. They loved it the way it tasted. They loved the and they loved to catch them. They loved the way they fought. They loved everything about it. It was just a fun, fun time fishing barracuda. And then that thing left and it was gone for a very long time. But now it's back. And if you haven't been up to the horseshoe and experienced it, you might want to go check that out. You might want to just go, today I don't feel like spending $1,000 on fuel. I want to go check out that barracuda bite up on the flats and go fish the iron. All those lures you have in your tackle boxes and all those jigs you have in your tackle it's time to go try them out. Go use them. That's fun, right, Dave Burris? It is fun. It is so fun catching barracuda on the iron. It is a blast. It's You guys would really, really get a kick out of it. You'd really have a good time with it if you want to go try something different. Also, they're biting down there in La Jolla and, and uh, Point Loma. There's just that big boy between uh, Newport and Oceanside. That's the only place that they're not biting. Is it because those boats only fish for rockfish and they don't really go look around? I don't know. Could be. Who am I to say? I just can't imagine that's the big boy dead area when it wasn't a dead area when I ran sport boats in there. Wasn't a dead area when Todd ran sport boats in there. But all of a sudden now, it's just a dead zone? Huh. I think, it, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know. It, I don't know. I think it's because... We're not looking. Ooh, you calling out the sport boats there? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I am. I can't help it. I am what I am. I am what I am. But, gang, make sure you check out those gaffs over at Promar. Make sure you hit my QR code right there in the top right-hand corner. Send us, send us some uh, tips. Venmo us. Sprinkle some stars if you have the stars on Facebook. Show the love. Give back. I'm on here every day, Monday through Friday, sharing wisdom, strength, hope. This uh, show we did yesterday, the, the outreach and all the people that are just blown away by this windmill operation that's getting, that they're just wasting hundreds of, hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money on to build windmills that don't work out in the middle of the ocean and killing all those animals and doing all that damage. That's just crazy. And the people really liked getting informed yesterday. So we'll probably revisit that soon. We got Tim Ekstrom from the Royal Star joining us on Friday, gang. If you haven't ever heard Tim, my pops, when he was alive, he used to say, hey, hey, shh, Tim's on Let's Talk Hookup. Listen to Tim. He's one of the smartest Smartest guys my father knew, and my dad was a pretty smart guy, and he was pretty connected. Tim Ekstrom's and his partner, Randy Toussaint, were the guys that came up with the RSW system, which has pretty much revolutionized the way we take care of our fish on the sport boats today. It's a phenomenal, it's going to be a phenomenal interview to find out where he came from. I guarantee you he's going to have a lot of cool things to say about fishing for barracuda. Listen to any old timer, anybody that's been doing this for 40, 50 years, you're going to hear a lot of stories about barracuda fishing. So all I can tell you is if you haven't had a chance to go do it, get on one of the half day or three quarter day boats and go do barracuda fishing or take your private boat and go try it. Go see what it's all about. 
Go check it out. Fly the kite, get a barracuda bite under the kite. How rad would that be? There's so many different things you can do once you learn how to fly the kite. There's so much fun stuff you can do. So many cool things you can do. Check out everything. Try everything. Enjoy every aspect of fishing in Southern California or around the world, wherever you like to fish. Get out there and try different things and go see how much fun it is to actually do fish for different types of fish. If you only like to fish for tuna, you're missing out on a whole bunch of really cool stuff, gang. I can't emphasize it enough. I want to thank everybody for joining us today, watching the show, giving out the stars, hitting my Venmo account, reaching out to buy the flags. My buddy John's got the flags available down in San Diego. Justin will have the flags by next week up there in Long Beach. And Sonny will have the flags for you guys up there at the Channel Islands. If you're a member of the website, get a flag, hang it proudly. It's going to be insane to see all the flags flying. I would love to see guys pulling up to each other, seeing the flags flying. It just shows the camaraderie and the community that we've built. Thank you all very, very much for joining us today. I appreciate every view and every comment. Check out our new video that's coming out at two o'clock this afternoon. It should be fun. It's me with those kids taking them Dorado fishing again, wide open Dorado bite. I hope you guys like that OPA video. I had uh, RJ Boyle and Pete Grosbeck on the boat. We caught that 146-pound OPA, largest, third largest OPA caught in California. We got it on the boat. If you haven't watched that video, go check it out. Thank you for a great day. Thank you for everybody joining in. Thanks for all the cool comments. Thanks for all the tips and all the stars and everything you all do for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Later. Goodbye.